Welcome to Dead Pilot Society, a podcast that takes comedy pilots from A-list writers that were sold and developed in networks but never produced and gives them the table reads they never got a chance to have. And said that in a while, and I felt like saying it again. I'm Andrew Reich, the creator and co-host of Dead Pilot Society. Usually I do these introductions all alone, but not today. The writer of our episode is here with me, and it's not just any writer. It's my best and oldest friend, Ira Ungerleiter. Hello, I'm Ira, and I'm here in the room. He is actually here with me. Ira has written uh, on Friends and How I Met Your Mother, and is currently the executive producer and showrunner of Angie Tribeca. And we're here to talk about Ira's dead pilot, My Cousin Thor, which we actually read at the very first one of these that I ever did. At the time, I think we were calling it Busted Pilots Club, until uh, Matt Azelton came up with Dead Pilot Society, which you realized was much better. And Ira, I think you were, when I came up with this idea and decided to read a, one of the script that uh, I'd written, you were the first call I made to see if you wanted to read your pilot as well. Well, thank you, Andrew. It is a great honor to be here alone in a room with you. Uh, and uh, I didn't remember that I was uh, one of the first, if not the first, script to be read for Dead Pilot Society. But um, I thought it was a great idea considering the absolutely staggering number of pilots that have been written by, you know, very, very good writers. Um, of course, myself not included. But there are so many good pilots lying around. And uh, if you sifted through them, you could probably find a couple of gems. Like My Cousin Thor. Like My Cousin Thor. So who did you write My Cousin Thor for? What studio? What network? I remember I pitched it at a couple of places, like I think little pod companies. Um, and one of the pods I pitched it was Chernin TV. And uh, at that time, Catherine Pope was the head of Chernin TV. And I, I like Catherine a lot. And so I, I can't exactly remember the other pods I pitched it but obviously it was not important because i didn't go with them um but i i went with churnin and uh they took it should we explain what a pod is for i'll explain (laughs) well i know it's it's confusing because this is a podcast (laughs) and then uh i took it to a pod a pod is this thing that has sprung up in the television business usually uh back in the day when we started studios would make tv shows warner brothers fox Disney, uh, Columbia TriStar at that time when we started, which is now Sony. And uh, somewhere in the late 90s or early aughts, they decided that they needed not just studios, but these little intermediary producers. So a lot of times it would be former executives at these studios would go off and form these producing pods. Um, I guess pod meaning that they're small and not that they're a bunch of dolphins. Um <laughs> Unless it did mean they were a bunch of dolphins. But so these pods, these small little satellite producing entities that would then get deals at the studios. Um, And so you'd have all these little pods like at 20th Century Fox, you'd have like Churn and Company. Then you'd have Sean Levy's company. Then you'd have uh, what's the guy who who uh, what's the what's the big drama writer? Uh, I don't know. I can't remember his name. But um, they'd form these little production pods. And sometimes as a writer, it's easier 
to deal with a small group of people rather than dealing with the machinery of the big studio. Like a, a, but you're of, also you're still also dealing oh, with yeah. the machinery of the big studio. Uh, maybe before dealing with the machinery of the big studio. So it's kind of like a little concierge production producing service where you're talking to a small group of people. Also, they sometimes grease the wheels between you and the studio and you know answer a lot of the questions and you know it, it, ideally a pod makes your your development experience better sometimes it makes it much much worse which is why you need to be selective when picking producers to to align with so anyway i really like catherine pope and they thought the idea of you know a a, a scandinavian cousin coming to visit was funny and they took it to 20th century fox uh and then i have to go you have to pitch it a million times. I pitched it to Catherine at Chernin and then you go and you pitch it at the studio and then like they have to get that approved. Anyway, eventually uh, it led to a pilot deal for this pilot script and I was off and running. And so that you had, you had the studio on board and then you went and pitched all the networks. Yes. Made a deal with the studio and then I pitched at CBS, NBC, ABC and Fox. And if I remember correctly, only CBS wanted it. Um, it was, it's, it's, it, I can see it's that it's a bit of a silly pitch. I did a lot of like scandin like a lot of like doing Thor's voice, like, hello, I'm Thor. <laughs> uh, that's okay. Let's get on with it. So there was a lot of laughs in it, but I think maybe some places thought it was a little too out there and, and it was also a multicam. So there, there's just not a lot of networks that are even willing to buy a multicam, um, let alone one that's a little broad. So CBS, who, you know, have always thankfully been fans of mine. I think it was still Wendy Trilling at the time, um, bought it. And, uh, you know, it wasn't a big bidding war, which is always what a writer wants. Not, not for personal gain, but just gives the project more momentum. So CBS bought it, and then I, I set up about writing it. And the, so, because listeners won't have heard, the, they'll hear the, the table read after this, but how would you summarize the plot of my cousin Thor, you know, the, the, the concept of my cousin Thor. Is this a place where I tell you how I got the idea? You, uh, you can tell us the, what the idea is and then you can tell us how you got it. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, the basic, the basic concept is there's this like typical suburban family in Los Angeles that has all the usual struggles, you know, um, They've, they've, they're, ha the wife is pregnant. She's about to, you know, she's nine months pregnant. So they got a new baby coming. They've already got two other kids, kind of like a moody, mopey teenage girl and sort of a neurotic younger boy who's got a lot of allergies and fears and problems. And, um, you know, they've both got, you know, they're, but they've, they're both working, but, but the wife is going to stop working. So they've got financial challenges and just everything for them feels very overwhelming. Uh, when suddenly they are, they are, have a surprise visit from the wife's distant Danish cousin, um, named Thor, which is actually a very, very common name in Scandinavia. They say Thor. Um, and, uh, he comes to visit with his point of view of a guy who lives on a sheep farm and is incredibly rugged and doesn't really sweat the small stuff, has no real neuroses. And, you know, he's like the you know, he's, he's the guy who comes in and, and changes their lives and, and hilarity ensues. And where did that idea come from? I'm glad you asked that because I finally remembered where it did come from. Years ago, there was a commercial, uh, about, I, I don't even know what company it was for, 
but it was like the the idea of the commercial was a typical family had this Swedish guy in like a fisherman's sweater named Sven and Sven like took care of their family and like Sven would like be holding a stack of sweaters and say like put on your sweaters it's cold today and then he would go to the dad and say like your stocks are up your stocks are down and it was just this and then the the, the tagline of the commercial was like every family could use a Sven you know let us take care of you and I don't know if it was like financial management or insurance or something like that but it was basically every Every family needs a Sven. I always liked that commercial a lot. I especially just liked the guy's voice. And I would often say, like, your stocks are up, yours are down. Take a sweater. It's cold today. And so I, I liked that idea. And then I'm, I'm married to a woman who is half British and half Danish. And she tells me stories of all these sort of crazy Danish relatives that, I, you know, I, I haven't really met. So I imagine them in, in my mind to be like these, you know, tall, godlike you know, rugged guys who, you know, just get on with it and drink lots of schnapps and are super strong and um, superhero-like. And then there was a little bit of, uh, of what was that guy's name? Jen's cousin. There's a guy. Gaetan. Gaetan, the Belgian. Yeah. The Belgian cousin that was in our lives very, very briefly, who just had this funny, dark sense of the world and the way he delivered things was super funny and dark like he would be telling a story about you know someone went skydiving and they their parachute didn't open and, and it's very sad because because he died yeah he was expecting like <laughs> and then he was saved but it was sad because he died you know and i just i like that sensibility for thor which is just you know he got very sick and then he died right um so i, mean, I kind of rolled all that together into thor this character this just this, she- this shepherd basically from you know, upper Jutland in, in Denmark who, you know, all he does is cycle his bicycle around, take care of sheep and like bear the winters and uh, comes to this like family with all our neurotic modern problems. Right. I mean, so you do going in, I mean, there was obviously, there's a, there was a broadness to the idea. Yes. Yes. Um, I, I mean, this pilot is listeners. You'll, you'll see is really funny. Um, I, Found listening to it the sense that you, I could feel you like being that you were amusing yourself a lot in the in the writing, which I think sometimes is a hard thing to do when you're caught up in this process of notes from pod and studio and network, and to to still manage to hang on to, you know, I think this is funny. I'm going to put this tangent in just because it makes me laugh. And I mean, do you remember that from the writing that you definitely this is one of those projects that wasn't super hard to write because I found it funny and I found this character fun to write. And it's it's a good point because you have to you have to ride that line. You don't want to only write for yourself and what you think is funny because then no one else will get it. But sometimes we writers get so caught up in pleasing the studio, the network, the notes, etc. We have lost what we found funny about the idea in the first place and and have kind of lost the joy in just what we think is funny, which is, you know, I think in the best things, you know, shows like, you know, the British office or Broad City where it's just they're doing what they think is funny. Right. And like there's no regard for how it's going to be perceived or judged or or critiqued. It's just pure. This is what we think is funny. If you want to watch it, go ahead. Right. I mean, there are things in this script that, you know, 
It, it would be hard. You know, there, I remember there's a there's a tangent about Erica Christensen and parenthood and and its ratings and it's being a critical darling. Where it's just like, by any you know writerly kind of Robert McKee kind of thing, like there's no reason for it to be in the pilot other than it's felt like you found it funny and you left it in and and somehow they let you yeah get away with it. Yeah, and I'm, I think once in a while you have to you have to do things that you just think are funny. And, and, you know, all the, all the writing rules are made to be broken. And sometimes, you know, I'm sure there was stuff on Friends that was not necessary story-wise. Sure. But just we thought was, was so funny, you just had to no, leave it were, in. Right. There was tons of those stuff, which you're allowed to do once you're a success. It's harder to right. do. I mean, a pilot, I think what I, you know, admire here is that you, you know, you, you allowed yourself to do that because in a pilot, it's just that, it's just such a pressure cooker. And you just are so wanting the show to get on the air so you can do all those things that you you get really caught up in just pleasing others and it's hard to lose sight of just like you know what i was just you know i was laughing as i was typing this and and so it it goes in yeah i, th- I think i think i think i would love you know to to have successful tv shows and make pilots that get on the air but i think as as i gain more experience in this business I find myself concentrating more and more on what I'm going to enjoy doing and that's and and less about whether it gets on the air I, I, we have so little control about what gets on the air what doesn't get on the air that we might as well enjoy what we're writing about hopefully sometimes you take stuff because you have to you need the money uh, you know you, you think it's a good idea but it doesn't turn out to be a good idea but it really helps if you at least find what you're doing funny. And I, I think, you know, having been lucky enough to do Angie Tribeca, which is probably the purest version of me finding what I'm doing extremely funny and not feeling at all hindered by rules or notes or structures or, you know, this story doesn't line up or the character arc is off. It's I really just doing what I find is the funniest and the writers on that show are just coming up with whatever makes us laugh the most. And it's, it's, it's very, very rare that you have that confluence of successful show and you think it's funny and you enjoy doing it. Um, it's, they're so few and far between, but it makes, I don't know, it makes your days go by a lot easier when you, you at least think it's funny, right. uh, you know, but it, it is uh, like the labor, but it's very hard to do, you know, writing a script like this, where the executives, you're setting yourself so up, up for a note of just like, eh, it feels kind of silly, feels kind of broad, feels kind of big, like, and it is. Um, and it's a big character. It's just a big comic character. The, the you know, the, the justification for a lot of this, it's just, it's just funny. I mean, there's almost like a Borat kind of, you know, yes. character plopped into yes. this sitcom. And... It's very hard to stand up to you know to the executive saying like and I don't know if they gave you if you got those notes or if they knew you know they they bought it knowing that it was going to be this sort of very larger than life character. I don't. I think. I I, I think the the desire was always to ground it and ground it and ground it. I I don't think they ever said go as broad as you want or it's okay that it's broad. I. I it wasn't. A, it was a good network process. They kind of knew what it was, and it didn't. It wasn't a, a, a torturous rewrite process or anything. Um, I think just when it got to the final phases of picking, it just was like stuck out, kind of like this is very silly. Right. 
Um, but I mean, there are obviously there are themes in it that are more. I mean, you are you're, you're dealing with what is manhood now, and you know, sort of middle class problems, and how important are they, and yeah, and perspective on you know. I mean, there, there's obviously things that you're thinking about that you've you managed to to get into this this script. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that was you know that's certainly part of how I sold it is you know how we suburban middle class people um, obsess about all you know we have so many things we obsess about so many problems so many you know it's if you if you surf the internet for any length of time you're going to find out about products that are poisoning you and you know your kids aren't doing the right thing in school they're eating the wrong things they're taking the wrong things you're not getting the right amount of exercise you're getting the wrong kind of exercise we just are swamped with these kind of western problems and i wanted to step back from that and say like you know, see if see how big our you know see how small our problems actually are when looked at from a global perspective, from someone like Thor's perspective, who, you know, lives on a sheep farm, right? the problems are very real and very concrete. Right. Um, and yeah, so I think there, there are obviously things that were on your mind that you wanted to address and talk about through this kind of big, yes. slightly broad. Maybe I should have concept. done it in a smarter, subtler way. <laughs> I mean, I, I think, you know, I, you listen to, you know, re-listening to it and hearing the laughs, um, it, it's so easy to sort of put down the multicams and things that are just like more purely comic and are slightly broad like this until you hear the, the joyful laughter of an audience just listening to it. And, and I mean, Hayes MacArthur, who plays Thor, it's a, it's a ridiculous performance. Yeah. Like, it is, it is a completely, uh, insane accent that he came up with that it's like a Peter Sellers you know crazy thing that he does but it is it's just it's funny um I wonder if like you know hearing the script out loud is a lot more effective than the development teams at the network reading the script because they're not picturing you know hey is MacArthur doing a voice <laughs> which is you know it's like Balky like or you know Urkel like which is such a such a silly voice. Yes, and yet it's like an and, '80s sitcom character. Yeah, but and yet a very consistent character with a point of view. You know, who in his in his world he never he's he, he's he's grounded in his way. Like he has a, a point of view on life, and he you know. But you know, it, it's it, it's just a kind of script that I can see. Even you know, I'm sure we'll post this and we'll get you know comments of just like, oh, that's so sitcommy. And, and yet I know people who've been to a bunch of the shows who still bring up like, oh my God, my cousin Thor was like the funniest, you know, script I've heard read. And it just, it, and it just is, you can, you know, I think people sometimes, and, and, and it's whole three executives are sort of embarrassed about what they laugh at and think like, oh, you know, I, 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 I should, I should have more, um, like heightened taste, yeah, and, more, and just like these sort of wry, you know, cable-y kind of things that I can just like, you know, oh, that is that's very clever and well written, and but that there's something to be said for just this laugh out loud kind of scripts, and it feels like there's less and less room for them on the schedule. I, I think maybe, you know, I think Thor was the beginning of an awakening in myself, and <laughs> Andy Tribeca is kind of the embodiment of it is that I have a very, very silly sensibility. 
And what I find funny is based on the Marx Brothers, Mel Brooks, Monty Python, like as broad as you want to go, as silly, as surreal, as dumb, you know, airplane. That's what I find funny. And, and I don't know, I, I, I don't think that belongs, I don't think it belongs in, on big network TV, I, I think. I think now that there's Comedy Central and that there's Adult Swim and streaming services, I think there's places now where if this is your sensibility, it's safe to go. If you just have a really dumb, broad sense of humor, you know, um, like Blazing Saddle sensibility, you just, you can't do that on a network. Right. But I still think that's really funny. And, you know, I'll find more jo joy in doing things like that. I think it's harder for me to conform my sensibility to a network half hour where it does have to be grounded and and uh, you, you can't get away with stuff that's so cartoony. Right. But maybe that's just the way it is. Yeah. I mean, it's it feels like, I, I think what people like about Angie Tribeca is that it felt sort of radical. It felt, you know, it, it was filling a hole that wasn't on TV, that brand of humor for a lot of people. I think it was just like, oh yeah, it, you may not want a steady diet of of that, you know, and, and you can like Fleabag and Andrew Tribeca and, you know, these things are yeah. all like wildly different tones, but it's, it seems like you shouldn't eliminate that tone completely from the airwaves. Yeah, and it's it's you certainly don't have to feel the deep shame <laughs> right. of of liking you know Mel Brooks um, or the Zucker Brothers, uh, and that you can yeah there can be some things that still live in that in that tone, and I think that's where my you know my my sweet spot for my sense I mean I can I can adapt to many situations I've written drama pilots um, that are not broad at all, but I I think my my sense of humor comes from those places and hopefully I'll get more opportunities to, to, to do something that's purely broad, purely silly, uh, which is probably not on ABC. Right. Um, how do you know when you're coming up with an idea? Like, how do you know when it's sticks and it's going to be something that you want to I mean with this one was it just that the character you know the, the character kept making you laugh and that was really the the reason yeah uh, you say sticks I think I read something once that like ideas that stay with you are the good ones and uh, I find that true that because uh, I have a terrible memory as you can attest having known me for this long it's like I I often cannot remember events we we participated in or times we shared or even significant moments in our lives. So when I have an idea that makes me chuckle, if I think of it again, four days later, I'm like, Oh wow, that's still in my brain. How incredible. <laughs> and then if it's still there, like another four days later and another four days later, I, I didn't even write it down or anything, but if it's an idea that keeps bubbling up to the surface, those are the ones I feel like, Oh, okay. I can, I, I think I find this funny in numerous ways. Whereas some idea where I'm like, this is great, but then I forget it three days from now. I know it was just kind of a flash in the pan. So this is one that was just, that stuck with me for a while. Because the, the, the idea of this character, Thor, that was not a superhero, just a Danish guy really made me laugh. Right. And also just a regular guy named Thor also made me laugh. <laughs> um, I mean, do you remember hearing when you, how you felt hearing it when we did it at that 
Yes, I I felt like you did read stage directions because you one of the, you, you like reading them <laughs> even more than I do, and I'd let you read your own stage directions. Yeah, there is a competition for who's the best stage direction reader, which which we can settle at a later date. Uh, I couldn't believe how many laughs it got. Um, I mean, granted, it was a supportive environment, but it 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 was a a table read like you'd want at a at a network table read, and I remember feeling like. Shit, man. <laughs> they should have made this. This is really funny. And that maybe hearing it out loud is the thing that would, that, you know, it's the kind of thing you had to hear out loud because it was so kind of based on the incongruent, incongruence of his voice, incongruousness, incongruity, incongruity of his voice, uh, juxtaposed with this normal family. Um, I was gratified to hear laughter, but it also made me feel like, this was funny. Why Why didn't anyone want to do this? Yeah. Do you remember how the news, when it, when it didn't get picked up, like how... I'm always in my kitchen. I know that. Because <laughs> they always call you late in the day. Because it's like they run through 600 calls of rejecting people. And I'm most always in my kitchen when I get a call, usually from the pod, which now people know what that is, because <laughs> I, I explained it earlier, saying like, hey, you know, it's Catherine... I'm so sorry. I, you know, CBS called. They're not gonna. They're not gonna go forward with Thor. And then um, I'm always very polite on the phone. Like, ah, yeah, that's okay. Thanks for everything. It's been a great experience. You know. And then I'll pour myself a whiskey or something and curse life for the next two weeks. Um, and think that was a great idea. I'll never have another idea. I'm finished. It's over. And then after like a month, you get another idea and you start over again. Right. I mean, it really is the only. You know, I tell other writers when they're first going, you know, so their first re pilot rejected or whatever, that the only cure for it is the next idea. You just yeah. sort of, you feel bad until you have the next thing that you're excited about. Yeah. And I, and I also think, you know, for me, it's like the first day is never the worst. You know, you always feel like, oh, this isn't so bad. Like, yeah, you know, no big deal. Yeah. And then it just like sinks in days later, just like where you face that abyss because you've been so consumed by it. And then yeah. it's just gone and you know, it's just like, I mean, did they even, was there even the, the, oh, we'll try and sell it somewhere else with this one. Or it's just like, that's I think it. I've been through it so many times that even if that was brought up, I stopped listening at that point because it's so rare that they can sell it. It happens, but it's very rare yeah. that they, they can sell it somewhere else. Um, I think you just, you go through the, 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 the cycle of grief of like, mm -hmm it's not happening then it is happening then you're angry then you're sad then you're regretful and then you get you get another idea problem is it, that arc from like you get an idea it's just a notion and you're not that invested in it but as this you know the year wears on and you really outline it and then you write it and you have fought off all the notes and you've added so many jokes and then you start to really like it and think this is really good this is funny <laughs> like i've worked hard on this this should go and then to have that be shot down um is 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 pretty is pretty crushing and part of what we do um but then you start over again which is also part of what we do yeah um i do think you you know the cast we had um kyle bornheimer and anna camp as the married couple just seems like oh that that could they, be a show that, 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 that seems like a, we would be excited to you know i mean they were great I yeah like they were perfect jamie denbo read both the teenage daughter and the boss and is hilarious at both yes tony cavallero was 
Knud and Stavros. Yes. Uh, Ted Cohen plays the son. Yes. Um, in his uh, acting uh, debut. Um, and Valerie <laughs> Aslan, um, who was great as, as Inger. In- Inger, yeah. yeah. Am I forgetting anyone? I think that was... I think and then Hayes, of course. Hayes MacArthur as, as, as Thor. Yeah. It was a good cast. It was like a cast you might get together for a network sitcom. Yeah. And uh, they did all made it. They all made it so funny. Yeah, I think people. I think you'll enjoy this one. It's uh, you know. It's very silly. It's silly, but it's it's really it, it's it's a very funny pilot. Um, thanks for letting us read it, especially when this thing was not even really a thing yet. Um, and you know, you're a pioneer. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for having me on the show. And uh, uh, since we're best friends, I'll probably see you pretty soon. Yeah, I think so. All, All right. right. Enjoy My Cousin Thor after this brief message. Following the news is hard and it sucks. How do you know which stories are important? Which sources do you trust in this post-truth world of reactionary journalism? I'm Brent Black. And I'm Travis McElroy. And we host a podcast called Trends Like These. We cover trending news stories. We debunk misleading clickbait headlines. And we always try to throw in a little bit of good news. In our quest for truth. So join us every week on MaximumFun.org or wherever podcasts are found. My Cousin Thor, written by me, Ira Angerleiter. Uh, Ted's going to be Chase. Here we go. Small boy. Act one. Over black, we hear the sound of methodical hammering. King, king, king. Fade in northernmost Denmark. Day, a howling blizzard bears down on a frozen, bleak landscape. The camera pans to a sheep farm where a herd of woolly sheep brace against the blowing snow. Interior barn. Thor Anderson. It's pronounced Thor in, in Danish, actually. Thor Anderson, late 20s, hard matter of fact, hammers a piece of metal atop an old anvil as sparks fly. What is it? A sword? An ancient talisman? After a few more strikes, he picks up the piece and examines it. Satisfied, he turns to a nearby bicycle and attaches it to the handlebars. It's simply a brake handle he was trying to unbend. <laughs> Thor's brother, it's pronounced Knuth, uh, early 20s, rugged but not as hard as Thor, steps in from the blizzard, shivering and covered in snow. They speak in subtitled Danish, a beautiful language that sounds like an elk choking on a walnut. <laughs> How's the weather? <laughs> oh, typical summer. <laughs> There was an email for you at the internet cafe. What did it say? It was from Inga. I didn't want to pry. I'll cycle down there after lunch. <laughs> so I read it. She wants to stay in America. Anything else? No, I stopped after that. I wanted to respect your privacy. Okay. She said she felt <laughs> she said she felt satisfied here in Denmark, but in Los Angeles, she enjoys a freedom she has never known. I'm sorry, Thor. I know you really wanted to marry her. Thor tries to slide his bicycle seat into its mount, but it's not going in. It gives it a little more muscle. We'll get married. I'm not worried. <laughs> I don't think she's coming back. She'll be back. <laughs> she asked if you would mail her birth certificate so she can apply for citizenship. 
Yes, I read the whole thing backwards and forwards five times. Nothing happens here. Unable to get the bike seat, Thor pounds it repeatedly with his hammer, really wailing on it. Maybe we're seeing a touch of hurt beneath the hard exterior. Finally, the seat breaks off. He composes himself and lays the hammer down. I will go to Los Angeles. <laughs> I understand. Dad and I will take handle the sheep and take care of them. <laughs> Marguerite had a lambs. Oh, they will be delicious. Thor gathers his strength. We hear a loud, loud thunderclap. Exterior, David Taylor's house, Los Angeles. A, a rare uh, Los Angeles rainstorm pelts a charming suburban house. Inside their bedroom, Taylor Reed, late 30s, intelligent with a healthy, irrational side, lies awake in bed, troubled. David Reed, late 30s, calm, as long as there's a plan, lies next to her, sleeping. Taylor sighs. When he doesn't stir, she sighs again, louder. Then coughs several times. <laughs> Are you okay, sweetheart? Those exaggerated sighs and fake coughs have me really worried. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't have another baby. You're nine months pregnant. I feel like people would judge us if we didn't go through it. <laughs> Chase has allergies, he's dyslexic, and now he's got this weird phobia about going to school. Yeah, how did that suddenly start? We cut to gym class in a flashback. Chase Seven is playing dodgeball, and the Neanderthal kid obliterates him with a red rubber ball. We're back in the bedroom. <laughs> and I have no idea what's going on with Isabella. It's like we had the snapshot of who she was at 10. Flashback to a cheerful 10-year-old Isabella modeling a ballerina outfit, then back to the bedroom. And now she's 13. Complete mystery. A moodier 13-year-old Isabella shuts the door in our face. What if she's addicted to drugs like Michael Douglas's daughter in traffic? <laughs> what if it happened to Erica Christensen? <gasps> See? She vanished. Oh, wait, no, she's on Parenthood. <laughs> oh. She's doing fine. Yes, yes, but it wasn't a rating success, just a critical darling. That is true. Although, these days it's more important to have a reliable core audience than. It's not the Nielsen's. What are we talking about? The baby! The baby! Oh, that's right. Yes, I'm saying that maybe we should have, have thought this through more. Well, you were just so sexy that night. Uh, the night we painted the kitchen? Yes. If you're going to wear overalls, we're going to have babies. <laughs> <laughs> such a weird fetish. No, I think I played too much Donkey Kong as a kid. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Well, for starters, we don't have enough space for a baby. And college, how are we going to afford that? All right, you're all over the map. Well, here. we can barely make enough to keep Chase and Claritin, let alone provide for an entirely new human being for the next 18 years. And that's before you think about how irresponsible it is to bring another life into this world. In a few years, there'll be no water left. <laughs> okay? And then LA will get swallowed by that continent of plastic shit swirling about this Pacific. And if we don't all die of skin cancer from the, <laughs> from the depleted ozone, the chemicals in sunblock will probably kill us. How hard did you hit Google after dinner? <laughs> Just a couple of websites. Nothing. <laughs> All right, all right, three hours of Googling, and then one quiz to find out which Downton Abbey character I am. It's under control, okay? Just don't cut me off. All right, which Downton Abbey character were you? Daisy, the oh. kitchen maid. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Remember our plan. One day, one crisis. We only have to take one problem at a time. We need more space? Great. So the contractor Tom recommended is coming first thing to give us an estimate for adding a room. Boom. Now we go back to sleep. It rolls over. 
Oh, well, how do we pay for that if I'm taking time off from the magazine? Okay, you're not adhering to the one day, one crisis plan. There's no reason for me to come up with cool sounding plans if you're going to ignore them. <laughs> that was a really good one. But I'll humor, you. I'll, I'll humor you. I've been thinking about finding a job that pays more. Hmm. Or at least one that's easier to explain. Well, it's not that complicated. You write software for, like, I write companies. outsourcing software for small companies that can't afford... Yes, you're the best at it. You're not changing jobs. Th that's way too much to take on right now. We'll listen to what the contractor says, and then we'll just... We'll go from there. All right. Okay. So freak out over? <sighs> yes. It's over. <laughs> Everything will be fine. As long as no other variables get just tossed into the mix. <laughs> Oh, wait, when do we turn our clocks back? There's a thunderclap would make them both jump and chuckle. Then they hear a doorbell, ging which does not. Who could that be? It's the middle of the... Jeez, you woke me up at 10 p.m.? Oh, yes. I've been asleep for half an hour. Right? Right? You still have a whole night's sleep ahead of you. Go, go, go. See who he gets up, he searches around and grabs a golf club. Oh, you're going to hit him with a golf club? <laughs> All right. Uh, but use a five iron, you'll never get there with a seven. <laughs> Inside the living room, moments later, David creeps downstairs. With the dark and the rain, it's a little scary. David raises the club and opens the door. Lightning strikes and thunder crashes. We see the illuminated silhouette of Thor the Viking holding his hammer high. David screams in a very manly ma unmanly manner. The lightning ceases. <laughs> it's just Cousin Thor holding a bicycle pump. He wears weird Eurobrand clothes and dark socks with sandals. <laughs> Hello, David. <laughs> um, it's Thor, Taylor's cousin. Oh, I was at your wedding. Right, right. I, I totally, vaguely remember you. You're the Danish side, right? You people, the, the people who drank the whole bar and then threw me in the pool? No, <laughs> that was good fuck. <laughs> Thor wheels his bicycle in. His only luggage is a backpack. I got the flat and away from the airport. i sorry, you rode your bike from the airport? It's only 12 miles. But it's raining. Thor stares at David like he's a wounded bird. <laughs> Thor? Taylor's at the top of the stairs. She descends carefully as the, her center of gravity is now two feet in front of her body. Oh, oh, I can't see my feet. I can't see my feet. Can't. She reaches the bottom and hugs Thor. Oh, hi. What are you doing here? I mean, uh, welcome. <laughs> but what are you doing here? Oh, I hoped I could stay for a few days. My finance is here. My fiance is here in Los Angeles, and I need to talk to her. Uh, sure. Uh, I yeah, guess that would things be Things are a okay. little hectic right now. I won't be any trouble. I can sleep in the yard if you want. <laughs> no, 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 of course not. No, no, honey, we are, you know, we're a little short on space, though. How about Or if time? you have a shed. No, the couch, the couch is I could sleep on the floor in front of the couch if that makes it easier. No, the actual the couch, couch is, fine. is fine, yeah. <laughs> Great, you won't even know I'm here. Interior Reed House the next morning, Thor does a huge yawn stretch in the middle of the living room. He's nude except for bikini underwear. <laughs> Over in the kitchen, Taylor's uh, making lunch as David enters from the back door. We won't even know he's here. How weird is this? Uh, my distant Danish cousin sewing up suddenly to stay with us? I'm gonna go with really fucking weird. Yeah. All right, so here, Tom's contractor took a look and he came up with this for the new room. Oh, oh my, whoa, oh my god, there's no way. 
For three walls and a roof? Does it even need a roof? How much for just like two walls and you like a large tarp? I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it myself. It's a it's a box with a door. My dad knew how to do this stuff. David, I can't handle the emotional stress of you using power tools right now. What if you cut off your penis like that guy in Florida? I think I was an alligator. <gasps> Alligators have penises? Are they big? No, the al- Why did you even ask that? Okay, I'll find someone else online. Oh, I don't mind going online. No! Back in the living room, Chase, Chase, their son enters, sees Thor doing stretches. Who are you? I am Thor, your cousin. Thor, like Thor? Yes. You're Thor. Yes. Like Thor. Yeah, <laughs> like Thor. Well, uh, he's not Thor from the movie Thor. Is that a movie about him? <laughs> Well, there's a movie about the real Thor. I am the real Thor. <laughs> you know what? Yes, Chase, this is Thor. This is the famous Viking god. <laughs> Isabella enters, clocks Thor, then heads towards the kitchen. Who's that? The darkness you must defeat. <laughs> Inside the kitchen, is Isabella sits down at the table. <sighs> Morning. I guess you were wondering about that Danish man in his underwear. She shrugs. You know, how could you not be wondering about that? It is extremely out of the ordinary. What if I told you that we were uh, starring in a reality show where they send a random Scandinavian to live with you, huh? Would that move the needle? <laughs> so tell me who he is. <laughs> no. I am not telling you unless you are extremely curious. And I want extreme, childlike curiosity. And then, I'll tell you. Fine, don't tell me. <laughs> it's your cousin Thor. He's staying with us, and frankly, it's a little awkward. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I love that we're so close. <laughs> Inside, in, in the living room at the same time. Hey, Thor, I want to be a good host and everything, but if you found your way into some pants, that would be awesome. <laughs> You got it, Dave. <laughs> he rummages through his backpack. Chase, let's get you breakfast and I'll drop you up at school on my way to work. I can't go to school, Dad. Alright, buddy, what is this? Why are you afraid of school all of a sudden? Uh, there's a kid who's trying to kill me. Thor looks up from his backpack. You must kill him first, there's no other way. Let's get on with it. <laughs> I so want you in pants. No one's killing anyone. <laughs> Honey, who is this kid? Dante. He's like 12 and has a criminal record. He already sent one kid to the hospital this year in dodgeball. So it's dodgeball you're afraid of? It's like gladiators. The teacher just wants to see somebody brain damage. <laughs> I'm sure that's not true. We had a similar game growing up. We would throw a sheep skull at one another <laughs> until someone was knocked unconscious. Oh my god. My neighbor Matthew often lost at this game, but he got the job with the city blowing leaves off the street. But then he died anyway. I'm starving. <laughs> Thor heads to the kitchen, leaving David and Chase nonplussed, or plussed, I'm not sure which is correct. Inside the kitchen, the kids sit down at the table, David goes to tailor at the sink, Thor goes to pour himself some coffee. So, Chase is afraid of dodgeball. Mm -hmm. Should we write him a note to get him out of it? Yeah, that sounds a little overprotective. No, there's all this stuff about head trauma in the news. In the NFL, not in the third grade pitching. <laughs> the sun is very weak. Where I live, he would be eaten by wild dogs. <laughs> 
I'll do my best to help him, but just know it's a long shot. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you, Thor. Um, but you know what? We're going to listen to his feelings and, and try to boost his self-confidence. That sounds difficult. What about a weapon of some kind? <laughs> you know what? Milk's in the fridge. Okay. Do, do we talk to the teacher? And, and what about the extra room and college and, and the continent of plastic shit? I mean, why does all of this feel so overwhelming? Life is challenging. It just is. Who returns with his coffee? Do you have any ointment? I cut off half my finger chopping wood last week and it's beginning to ooze. <laughs> But our lives are hard, too. We dissolve to Taylor's office. Spotlight magazine. Taylor's at her desk on the phone. On her walls are framed magazine covers featuring lifestyle and celebrity news. Okay, so Jessica Beale is opening an all-natural restaurant for kids. This is huge news. This is a bombshell. She minds putting a gun in her mouth. <laughs> Any chance of getting me on the guest list for opening night? Yeah, yeah. Oh, great. Thanks. Thor, Thor wheels in his bike. Knock, knock. Thor? <laughs> Thor's bike? What are you doing here? I wanted to see where you worked. We love reading your magazine back home, especially your articles. You're a very good writer. Oh, thank you. What's so flattering? The magazine also makes excellent kindling. <laughs> good to know. I was going a bit crazy at the house, so I decided to go for a ride. People do not like cyclists here. A Spanish man threw his fruit at me. Oh. Well, have you gotten in touch with your fiance, uh, Inger, was it? Yes, yes, I plan to, but I never liked her out. She worked at a bar in Hollywood. Is that a picture of you and Benedict Cumberbatch? I would do anything to meet him. <laughs> that will likely not happen. Doreen, Taylor's stocky, difficult boss, enters holding a basket of muffins. Taylor, can you give me 10,000 words on Jessica Alba's butt-toning workout? 10,000? Wow. Uh, you were not joking about that pregnancy thing. Yowza. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, really popping out. And good for you wearing stripes. Who cares at this point, huh? right? <laughs> right. Who cares? Mm -hmm. Hi, I'm Doreen. Uh, this is my cousin Thor. He's visiting from Denmark. Doreen's my boss here. Good for you wearing dark socks with sandals. Would you like a muffin? He selects one and takes a bite. I think this is gone off. Yeah, it's gluten-free, so it might taste different than what you're used to. That is gluten-free. <laughs> well, some people can't tolerate bread products. Everyone can eat bread. Bread. <laughs> you know, not everyone. Uh, Doreen, my boss, can't. My apologies. I'm sorry if I insulted you. If you never eat bread, then how is it you're so... Um... Tan! 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 Tan is what you are. Uh, Doreen just got back from a trip from Mexico. It was Mazatlan, and it was absolute heaven. We went on a moonlight cruise with a private chef. Micheladas at sunset, then the most wonderful Poyosi Aros for dinner. <laughs> Wow, I don't understand any of that. It was a, a singles trip, right? Any possibilities? Oh, there was this one really cute architect, and we talked and talked, but he never made a move. It is very difficult to find someone exactly right. I know this. Are you dating someone? I am engaged to a very good woman, but she has come to Los Angeles, and I'm wondering if she's coming home. Is that why you're here? Yes. 
She may have become distracted by some of the excitement here, but I will remind her of the things available back home. <laughs> the sheep farm, miles of tundra for cycling. <laughs> that is it, that is all we have. <laughs> Or, or maybe she's moved on. You know? Oh, she will come home. We will make a family. All will be good. Not in my experience. When people are not interested, they are not interested. <laughs> oh, Doreen. Doreen. You just, you need to find the right person. Oh, the non-gay, non-psycho, non-living-with-his-mother guy that happens to be interested in 38-year-olds? If I could just offer a small piece of advice, um, I think the reason you're not finding someone is that you're very negative <laughs> and you're not fit. <laughs> you are, what's the term they use here? Chunky? Uh, oh, oh my god, you said it. I don't think men like these qualities. A man needs to know you will make good wife and mother. Then you will not die prematurely. <laughs> we had sheep like this. She was eaten by wild dogs. I say, cheer up, get fit, get on with it. Paul Giamatti, no way. I should, I should get back to my office. Oh, yeah. uh, uh. She exits. <laughs> Well, we'll see you at dinner. He wheels his bike out, leaving Taylor in shock. David, Taylor's bedroom. David is in bed. Taylor paces in and out of the bathroom, brushing her teeth. I can't believe he said that to Doreen. I know. I mean, okay, so when are you going to tell him to leave? Me? He's your cousin. Please, David, I'm already bearing your children. <laughs> what more do you ask of me? That is a low blow. <laughs> All right, we got to at least give him a chance to, to talk to Inger. Then, then I'll tell him. But... For one split second, was it awesome when he told off Doreen? Oh my gosh. It was amazing. I mean, it was like every fantasy I've had, I've had come true. I mean, she is negative. And so passive-aggressive and good for you for wearing stripes. Mm. You know, I'd like to punch her right in the michelada. Meaning face or vagina? Vagina. <laughs> All right, maybe when you get back to work, you could stand up to her more. Imagine just saying whatever you thought. Let's remember that Thor is a shepherd, and he doesn't stand to lose as much as we do. Yeah, still, there's something about just dealing with life like a Viking would. Oh, how about you deal with me like a Viking would? Really? <laughs> Are you feeling kind of... Uh, well, I, I was for like a second, but now I have to like pee and eat marshmallows. She <laughs> <laughs> exits. Uh, we're in the Reed living room later that night. Isabel is watching Vampire Diaries. Next to her on the couch, her phone buzzes with a text. She reads it. Ugh. She responds to the text and puts the phone down. It buzzes again. She reads it. <laughs> she responds, it happens again. You get the idea. Thor enters, sits down next to her. He grabs the remote and changes the channel to European soccer. <laughs> Uh, what are you doing? Uh, I'm watching football. Uh, I was watching something? Uh, you were texting. The program did not have your full attention. <laughs> I was watching. I am bigger than you. This is the law of the world. But you show. Anyway, there's no such thing as vampires, so it's a waste of time. <laughs> She makes that teenage disbelief sound like a half cough with blinking eyes. <laughs> it has no effect on Thor. She makes the same sound. Thor pulls out a little tin and offers it to Isabella. 
Lausen. Thor takes one and sucks it loudly. He enjoys a good lozenge. <laughs> they sit in silence. Isabella's has never seen anyone with so little interest in her. Her phone buzzes. Tomorrow you are so insane. <laughs> she responds and puts the phone down. She's so insane. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Who the fuck does this Viking weirdo think he is? What kind of adult are you? The kind that doesn't care if tomorrow is insane. <laughs> Whatever. She just has to make like a total drama out of everything. Like me and Hunter, that's her boyfriend. We are totally friends before they started dating, so whenever we hung out at lunch one time, it's like she's throwing total fit. Thor watches soccer. He feels Isabella staring at him. I am to respond to this. <laughs> I don't care. Whatever. Great. Thor continues to watch his game. Isabella slow burns. In the kitchen the next morning, David and Stavros, the new, slightly shadier contractor, enter. It's no problem. Two weeks, he's done. Two Two weeks? That would be amazing. Time is a bit of the essence because of the baby. Of course, I understand. There's no stress, no expenses. Oh my god, it's like, thank you for saying that. Can I hug you right now? You may hug Stavros. <laughs> they, hug, they hug really hard. So, what are you thinking cost-wise? I will give you internet rate. He writes down a number on a piece of paper and hands it to David. David's thrilled. Stavros is getting another hug. He hugs him again. I start this afternoon. Thank you, Stavros. This is like the first good thing that's happened. Besides my happy and healthy family. <laughs> Super grateful for that. Stavros exits. Uh, same time in the yard, Thor has Chase digging a hole for a tree. There. I finished the hole. Again. <laughs> now fill it back up again. <laughs> my shoulders hurt, my hands hurt. I've dug and filled in the same hole five times. What does this have to do with dodgeball? <laughs> have you lost all hope that this exercise will help you with your fear? Yes, I've lost all hope. <laughs> Good. A man without hope is a man without fear. <laughs> <laughs> David comes out of the house. Uh, hey, so why don't we look up Inger? You said she was bartending at that place, right? I weighed it and it should take about 25 minutes. Why don't we cycle? Just get on with it. <laughs> it's 14 miles. Come on, it'll be good for you. Uh, yeah, sure. I don't mind. Bike, drive, whatever. I'm in pretty good shape. Inside of your trash bar, hours later, David and Thor arrive at <laughs> They arrive at Frug, the grossest Euro hipster bar ever. Dave is nearly crippled. Ow. 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 I think I broke my ball bone. You need more exercise. A man needs to be strong. There's no time to be a man. Okay. With the kids and trying to be there for Taylor. Yes, yes. At the bar is the most beautiful woman David has ever seen. Whoa. Ow. I know. She's the least attractive woman in my village. <laughs> the sooner you talk to her, the sooner I can sit in a salad bowl filled with ice. <laughs> Thor goes to the bar. David sees them hug, then exchange a few words. Then Thor comes back. 
She does not wish to come back to Denmark. What does that mean? What happens now? Now, we wait. Thor exit. David goes after him. We what? We wait? Wait for what? I, I, I'm sterile because of this. She's a pretty woman. Not really, unless that's appealing. End of act one. Act two. We're outside the Euro Trash bar. Thor unlocks his bike. David comes out. Uh, dude, I'm going to need to hear a little more of this plan. I wait until she changes her mind. What if that takes months? A sheep's wool will only grow so quickly. He cycles off. <laughs> That's the plan? Maybe we keep brainstorming. David looks back at the bar and makes a decision. He walks back inside the, ba- the bar. Uh, he sees gorgeous Inger. She's very intimidating, but having to tell Taylor that Thor isn't leaving is more intimidating. Okay. Be cool. Be cool. He saunters up to the bar, cool as hell. Excuse me. Fuck, she's gorgeous. Can I have a near, please? A near? A near, uh, a beer? A beer without alcohol? Oh, frick, no. I'm second thought. Let me have a regular beer with alcohol. I'm cool. She sets a draft <laughs> beer in front of him. So, um, thank you. Funny story. Thor's my cousin. You are David? He knocks over its beer. It goes everywhere. <laughs> Sorry, I knocked things over. I was injured <laughs> in the war. <laughs> I'll get you another one. Thor talked about you and Taylor often. I thought you were in IT. Yes, yeah, I got into IT right after the war. Very complex outsourcing software. So you write software for companies that can't afford their own infrastructure, travel, accounting, human resources. They rent the software in lieu of having those departments. That's literally exactly what I do. (laughs) I feel so bad about Thor. I know. It's such a bummer. You guys are engaged and... Thor and I are not engaged. Thor and I grew up in the same village. We dated on and off, and he always assumed we'd get married, but I never agreed to that. So you're not even together? We used to have sex now and again, but in Scandinavia, we are less hung up on about that stuff. (laughs) I could have sex with you right now and think nothing of it. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, again, it's the injury from... She wipes it up (laughs) more. She pours him a new beer. There is no one in the world more dependable, especially in a crisis. When I was 11, I twisted my ankle on some ice. He carried me home 15 miles through the snow. She gets lost in the memory for a moment. (sighs) But I don't want to live in a tiny village. I don't want to be a sheep farmer's wife. I want to live in a big city and be surrounded by people and have experiences. Thor has no interest in this kind of life. I know he really likes you. How do you know that? Has he ever said how he feels about me? Yeah, yeah, of course. He, 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 he thinks you're amazing and, and beautiful, and he would be the luckiest man in the world to even spend one second with you. <laughs> These are your words, not his. Remember, I grew up with him. He is not much of a talker, but yours are nice words, and I appreciate them. Let me know if you ever want to fuck. (laughs) (laughs) He spills his third beer. (laughs) 
We're in the living room later. David crawls through the front door exhausted. Thor watches European soccer. Fill the tub with ice and Advil. He collapses. Thor, without taking his eyes off the TV, stands up, picks David off the floor like he's a bag of potatoes, and lays him down on the couch. All right, buddy, you're not engaged to Inger. Not officially. Not unofficially, not theoretically, not technically. You're going to need more of a strategy there, pal. Mech. No, mech it. She's out of your league, and when someone's out of your league, you, you need to put in the work. I just need to be patient. No, you need to get on with it. What are you? Are you, are you afraid? I am descended from Vikings. A Viking doesn't know fear. She doesn't want a Viking. She wants someone who can learn and grow. Find out what she's interested in and get interested in that too. Taylor liked art, so I had to learn the difference between Monet and Manet. I had to find my way around a Klimt. <laughs> <laughs> what does Inger like? She said she wanted a dog once. <laughs> Anything else? <laughs> Stop making noises. This is not going to happen for you Taylor unless you're in from the kitchen. There's a hole in the house. Back in the kitchen moments later, there's indeed a large hole in the back of the house. What is this? Where's Stavros? He got a bigger job, so he took his crew and left. Now what do we do? I don't know. This is insane. Also, just Thor, not engaged to Inger. Not even dating. His plan? Wait. Wait? Here? He enters to get a snack, sees the hole. Big hall. You should build the room yourself. Great, thank you. I'll, I'll just do it myself. <laughs> Only problem is, I have no clue how to build a room. I built a popsicle stick house in third grade, and the teacher condemned it. <laughs> Which I don't... How would she even have the authority to do that? <laughs> Humans have been doing these things for thousands of years. Don't be weak. Just get on with it. It's not hard for you! Okay? You live differently than we do. And, you know, and at least maybe I'm soft and weak, but at least I know how to communicate with people. What do you mean by that? You insulted Taylor's boss. And yes, she is a stocky little pill, but you can't talk to people like that. And yay for you for chopping wood and biking from the airport, but at least I know how to talk to a woman. Inger's not interested in you because you have the romantic skills of a Terminator robot. David, he's No, little... you can bike back and forth to China, but... Taylor's a gorgeous, intelligent, Never mind, keep going. sexy, talented, funny. extremely funny woman, and I got her to love me. One to zero in that department, pal. Look, Thor, it's nice you came to visit, but this it's just not a good time for us to have a house guest. Things are too crazy with the baby and, and the, the hole. I'm sorry, Thor. I'm a terrible cousin. No, it is I, my terrible cousin. I will go. David and Taylor feel a little bad for Thor. Isabella enters. Why is Chase passed out on the lawn? They rush to the window. Oh, I forgot he was still digging. <laughs> <laughs> he's okay, he's breathing. I'll go now. Thor exits. End of act two. Act three. Interior David's car, morning, Sunday. David and Taylor drive in the pouring rain. Taylor holds a box of cookies. I feel bad about bawling, bawling out Thor. I know, <clears throat> but it needed to happen. Doreen hasn't spoken to me since Thor came to visit. Do you think gluten-free cookies are enough to smooth things over? If it's not, it's not. 
Oh, Mr. Philosophical all of a sudden. No, I just mean, you know, having Thor here has been incredibly awkward and weird. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also made me think. He doesn't worry about the stuff we worry about. Well, he's also missing half his finger. <laughs> I think sometimes... <laughs> We make our lives harder than they need to be. I mean, humans have survived for 10 million years without the internet, without sunblock, with, with gluten. Maybe we just need to get on with it. Why are we so helpless? Thor's bike. Thor's bike has made us helpless? <laughs> Thor's bike is in Doreen's driveway. <gasps> oh, God. Outside Doreen's house, Dave and Taylor go to the front door and knock a couple times. No answer. They notice the door is open. Curiosity gets the best of them. Inside Doreen's house, they enter and hear noises coming from somewhere. <gasps> Are those... Sex noises? They go through the garage, towards the garage door. Keep going! You can do it! They're exercising. He's training her. They enter the garage. Hi, guys! No, they're fucking! <laughs> Thor, Thor pounds Doreen really hard from behind. <laughs> Hey guys, how are you? <laughs> they stumble up over each other to get out. Moments later, Thor and Doreen come out of the garage. A little sheepish, get it? I feel like I feel like singing. Do you want to build a snowman? I'll make coffee. <laughs> Things are okay now. Yeah. Uh, uh... <laughs> Thank you. Um, that was very nice, what you did, you know, sort of. I guess I'm uh, really appreciative, <laughs> sort of. Yeah, but you need to tell her off sometimes. She senses your weakness. We had a sheep once that Eaten came... by wild dogs? I got it. Now I will go back to Denmark. Hey, man, I am sorry about what I said. I, I don't give up on anger. No, it was stupid to think that someone as special as Inger would marry a simple man like me, no matter how much I love her. You just banged my boss. <laughs> we are not as hung up on sex in Scandinavia. That's true. I know that. It wasn't the, <laughs> it wasn't the sex with Inger. I loved her soul. You have to say that to her! You have to work at it. You think it was easy? To convince Taylor to go out with me? It was not. He played a lot of Super Mario Kart. Super Mario Kart? David is a superhero. He forgoes time for himself to manage the details of the spoiled, weak existence of people living here. David holds your family together. I don't have these skills. He is king of the weak people. <laughs> <laughs> You're apparently a lucky gal. <laughs> Later in their house, Thor is packing his belongings as Dave and Taylor look on. You look so sad. Oof. I, I know. It gets, it gets you right in the gut. Oh, I'm having a major contraction. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Are you okay? Oh, no, no, no. I'm in a lot of pain. Oh, incredible pain. Ah, incredible pain. Oh, it's gone. Chase enters, runs up to Thor, excited. Thor, I'm not afraid of dodgeball anymore. Flash to uh, gym class, Chase demolishing the Neanderthal kid with a dodgeball. <laughs> all that digging made me powerful. You may survive after all. <laughs> <laughs> why, why, why are you packing? 
Are you going? I'm afraid so. No! Why? <laughs> because I have the romantic skills of a Terminator robot. <laughs> David and Taylor's hearts are breaking. Isabella walks in. The Hunter Tamara sitch. Totally resolved. Thank you. She crosses off. Wait, wait. Who's Hunter? Who's Tamara? Oh, it's a total nightmare. I can't <laughs> even. <laughs> <laughs> David and Taylor look at each other baffled. Doreen enters. You want to ride to the airport, stud? I'm okay to cycle. I'll drive behind and stare at your ass. <laughs> if you wish. Another contraction hits oh, Taylor hard. Okay, here we go. But that was like 45 seconds. Should we be headed to the hospital? Oof, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Yes, let's go. Okay. He goes up to Thor and quickly hugs him. Uh, have a good trip, man. Thor hugs him and we hear several vertebrae crack. <laughs> I'll just stop while you kiss. She does just like that. Thor exits. 20 minutes later outside, there's thunder and lightning. It's really raining. Uh, David leads Taylor out of the house towards the car. Oh, another one. Ah. Breathe. Breathe. You have to breathe. Don't Taylor breathe him in the mouth. Sorry. Stavros comes back, pulling into the driveway with his shitty truck, which stalls out with a shutter. Stavros, we need to go. You need to move your truck. Uh, you pay me first. For what? Knocking a hole in the house? It looks easy, but there's a lot to it. <laughs> My wife is about to have a baby. Move your truck. She's already punched one man in the mouth. Oh, it's coming. The baby's coming. Oh, my God. Stavros tries to start his truck, but it keeps stalling. All right, you know, I'm calling 911. Hang on, baby. And other baby. Taylor sits on the ground. David, David, this is it. I don't know what to do. There's a lightning flash followed by a huge thunderclap. And there he is in all his Viking glory. Four! I forgot my sandals. <laughs> Thor! Thor! You can help! Taylor's having the baby! Okay, let's get on with it. He kneels by Taylor. I do this many times with the sheep. Oh, that's just fantastic! On this side, legs down, hoofs together. Oh no, that's the sheep. <laughs> on your back, legs up, feet together. David grabs Taylor's hands. You can do this. We're gonna have this baby and make it work. We're gonna stop being afraid. Screw Stavros. I'll build the room myself. Yeah, screw me. It's just a box with a door. Thank you. So what, so what if our kids are challenging? No one's kids are normal. So what if Chase is allergic to corduroy? So what if water and sunblock are killing us? We'll make it somehow. And I'm going to tell off Doreen. Oh, I am so sick of that pretentious potato-shaped windbag pushing me around. I had no idea that was the case. Please don't leave me. Woo! Woo! Hands here! Doreen! Oh, my God! Here it comes. I can't. Listen to me! You're a Viking! Your ancestors drank blood from skulls of the vanquished! You can do this! Thor! Thor, don't leave! I don't want to leave! I want to learn how to love! I will teach you! I will teach you to love, and you will teach me how to cycle without injuring my balls. There's thunder, there's lightning, and then a beautiful baby! She shall be named Odin, father of the gods. Yes! No! Inside the Reed House, day, Thor vacuums the living room with a new baby and a sling on his back. We hear a car horn, we see a car and it says six weeks later. Chase, carpool's here. Chase comes out of the kitchen. Mrs. Pope will take you to school. Your mom will pick you up. Book bag. He grabs his book bag. <laughs> he backpack by the door and exits. 
Isabella, let's get on with it. Isabella comes downstairs, heads towards the front door. I'll grab breakfast at school. Do you grab breakfast now? <laughs> marches her into the kitchen. In the kitchen, Taylor drinks tea as Thor drags Isabella in. Isabella will eat a healthy breakfast. The baby nurse in ten. The baby will nurse in te- for ten minutes, and then you will rest. How's it going, David? David sticks his head through the hole in the wall. I'm making progress. Very, very slow progress, but progress. Uh. In one hour, I will fix what you have done wrong. <laughs> then I will cycle. <laughs> I can't tell you how great it is to have you here. Your, your positive attitude, how you are with the kids, you're, you're making it all seem easier. So going to get rid of that belly and get you fit. <laughs> <laughs> this is just so... <laughs> Thor's cell phone rings. Anger, thank you for returning my call. I have read an article about how, how something called a labradoodle makes a loyal, helpful, allergic pet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, that's our show. Um, I hope you really enjoyed that uh, and saw that. It's, sometimes it's okay for something to just be funny. Um, I find that one really funny. Um, okay, have you subscribed to this podcast on iTunes? Uh, if not, what are you waiting for? You know, they just pop up, and you'll you won't miss an episode. Please do that. Um, follow us on Twitter at Dead Pilots Pod. We are on Facebook and Instagram at Dead Pilot Society. It's really a good idea to follow us you know because you'll find out about live shows um and things like that you won't miss out on anything thank you to matt and mark and mal at arts and sciences for the space this was you know like i said from the very first one we did they were kind enough to help get this thing uh off the ground ben cornelius recorded it ethan walter helped clean it up noah findling as always uh helped edit it and do lots of other stuff besides uh, I'm not sure what I'm going to be in the mood to put up next time, but subscribe, and that way you won't miss it. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Uh, until next time, on behalf of Ben Blacker and myself, uh, Andrew Reich, uh, thanks for listening to Dead Pilot Society. Mugs, shirts, stickers, patches, tanks, and more are yours for the purchasing at MaxFunStore.com. Hey, you already love the podcasts, so why not take this to the next level and outfit your home and bod with our merch? MaxFunStore.com. Because if you have to wear a shirt, it should be one of ours.